Good evening, everyone. Today is August 17th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter step is the doctor's opinion. And our speaker tonight is Emily D. Thank you, Emily. Take it away. Thank you. And hello, family. Uh, I'm Emily. I am recovered for today and, and grateful for today and human for today. Uh, in Chicago, um, and really, really, um, yeah, grateful to like, you know, share, share what God and I sort of co-sign on is what's being shared tonight. Um, and I, I would love to just invite you, um, to kind of set your own sort of like intention for the meeting, you know, part of, I remember, I have this thing where like I go to meetings and I'm like, what am I going to get out of this? It better be good. Um, and sometimes I don't think about like, what am I going to bring to the meeting? So, you know, in, in, in this position, I sort of have to think about what I'm going to bring, but um, I hope you get what you need or get something, but I also hope you bring something tonight because we really need each other. Um, there's just, there's just nothing like this program for, uh, what was definitely a, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. One that, you know, the medical profession, God love it, um, uh, couldn't do much to, to save me from, um, despite my pleading, uh, despite my begging, despite my, my multiple thousands of dollars that I spent. Um, so you all saved my life and it's just about that serious. Uh, and then it's also a little lighthearted too. So we might giggle a little tonight as well, if you don't mind, because we've made such heavy going of life. Yes, we have, uh, as compulsive overeaters. Um, I'm just going to show you for those of you who don't know me and haven't seen my photos, just, you know, evidence, uh, that this, uh, program works. Can you, are you seeing, are you seeing it? Yeah, cool. Um, so I've been in the rooms uh, since 2012. You'll sort of see with these two photos on the right, like, yep, she got in, she got thin, um, which is about the extent of it, unfortunately, that first time around with, with abstinence. Um, but before I came into the rooms, you know, I had a life. I, I was married at the time. I got a master's degree. Um, I showed up to the best of my ability. I had no idea that this was a disease. I mean, I had read about it in the 12 and 12. I sort of got it kind of. But, you know, in the doctor's opinion, and it talks about, I mean, God bless Dr. Silkworth, right? Because we love the medical profession. Um, you know, I never, I never knew that it wasn't my fault that I was this way. I never knew. And I internalized so much of it. And I got, so I got abstinent. Uh, I was sponsoring here in Chicago, going to meetings, you know, and then three meetings a week became one meeting a week. And then outreach calls were really annoying. And I never answered those. And then I was like, what's another handful? And I'm, I'm six feet tall. So like handfuls can be like, I mean, they can be like bowl size, right? Um, and then, you know, it was the slow step away into relapse for me. I never actually admitted defeat. I never actually said to myself, I cannot have these things. Why? Because my body rejects it. 
And I am biologically compulsed, biologically, to not stop once I've started. Like, it's not my fault. I was just born this way, did not resonate. And therefore, you know, we sort of know how it goes. Um, this is the year before I came in the room. So I've got a year and four months. Um, I got abstinent in the pandemic, um, one of those, but this is me, you know, traveling the world, kind of like doing the thing, getting my manicures, uh, looking, you know, sort of fly. Like I, you know, I had a fashion sense, right? However, you cannot dress up depression and you cannot dress up sort of like anxiety that's so self-centered that I couldn't love you. I couldn't listen to you. I couldn't be with you. I couldn't be with myself. So then I got abstinent for real, for real, entirely abstinent. And when it says here in the doctor's opinion, right, like, what is the solution? Like the next paragraph, he accepted the plan outlined in this book. And he had a search and rescue party. He was rescued, right, in a desperate condition. And that's what happened to me. I called someone in Los Angeles to be my sponsor which was just like, you know, I don't know where, how it is where you are, but how it is where I am here in Chicago. It was like, you know, you need a sponsor whose door you can knock on. That was sort of a myth that I had. We've blown that out of the water by now, I hope, um, by going through what we've gone through. But, you know, the, the photo on the right, me playing tennis, I'm not good at tennis. Um, I also started horseback riding again, also not great at that. Um, you know, I'm contemplating like taking Spanish lessons. I mean, probably won't be good at it, but it doesn't matter because what OA has given me in and amongst all of sort of the, the relief from the mental obsession is the ability to move my body in ways that, you know, 90 pounds heavier, I just could not do. Um, it was certainly more about the weight. It was definitely a craving beyond my mental control that was really at the heart of my disease. But I wore my disease as heaviness. Some of us wear it differently. So however you wear it, you know, you can hear me talking and be like, I get it. Yes, I understand. And that to me is, is just exceptional. So when I, when we start reading the doctor's opinion, um, you know, I just want to say like being fat and going to the doctor really sucks. Uh, a lot of what is talked about is, you know, things would be better if you lost weight. And so a lot of my disease kept me from going to the doctor. Um, and I don't know that it would be any different for my brothers and sisters who are anorexic, bulimic, and wear it different. Okay. I just think that doctors do their best, but, but what um, they can't do is relate. And um, my ex-husband couldn't relate. He was very much like, you know, calories in, calories out. And I'm like, yo, yeah, I get it. I'm real smart. I've got the intellect and the logic. I know that, right? But as I could tell you, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, and mean it. And it doesn't matter in these rooms because this is not a knowledge-based program. <laughs> which is so frustrating for someone who, who, like many of you, was a good student, uh, you know, and sort of was able to show up and like have success. I've had success in my life. Nothing measures up to the success I feel like I'm still uncovering in this program. Um, it's wild. So, we read in the doctor's opinion that, you know, according to Dr. Silkworth, 
you can really rely on anything that a recovered person says to you. If we don't tell you the truth, we there are grave consequences for us. Um, a lie for me is not optional. I am, however, uncovering how honest I can be. My honesty is growing as I grow in this program. And we either grow or we go. You have to grow here. Um, we're not gonna let you not grow. <laughs> so what does that look like for me? I think it looks like for today, um, you know, appreciating the miracles, the small miracles of everyday life, living in, in a recovered state where I've put down my drugs, which were flour and sugar, those things that once I start, I can't stop. And you wanna mix those two things even better. And I picked up a, a book, a, a, a blue book and a sponsor and I got to work and that was it. That's what I did. Everything else kind of came along. And I think, you know, one of the, one of these, the things that's talked about in the doctor's opinion is men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced. And my whole MO before I got recovered was to what, you know, whatever I was feeling, I didn't want to feel, or I wanted to feel more of, which I call not wanting to feel. So if it's happy, I wanted ec ecstatic, right? If it was depressed, I wanted to be calm. So it was always like moving the feelings around. And what I've really learned in, in these rooms, having an entire psychic change, is that this too shall pass. There are things that I can do now that I feel like I've had a psychic change, I've accepted that I have a disease and I'm taking my medicine for the disease. There's things I can do. There's a few simple rules, right, that are outlined to move feelings through, but not avoid them. So some of those things are, you know, the tools, right, like reaching out to one another. Um, I had a sponsee call me today and she texted first and she was like, I just need some support. And I was like, sure, no problem. Right. I have sometimes, you know, fear and anger that comes up that God and I deal with and I don't need to reach out. But the point is, we have some simple rules that we follow. We have a solution now and we don't have to guess anymore. If I'm left up to my own thinking, my thinking says things like, and this is where it starts, right? We have the allergy of the body. We have the disease of the mind. The disease of the mind is going to pay attention to things like, you know, you don't have to check in with someone else about that, Emily. You can just go ahead and do it. Roger that. Uh, prime example for me this week, ladies and gentlemen, is dating apps. I had the bright idea a few days ago. I'm going to get back on, okay? Uh, I'm going to punchline it. I did. But I talked to people before I did that. I consulted with someone else before making that decision. That to me is an entire psychic change because when it comes down to how I want to operate and how I think, and some of you have heard me say this before, it's a matter of pace and presence. I want to move fast always, and I want to multitask always. I can't get stimulated enough sometimes. And part of what the book talks about is that ease and comfort that comes from those few drinks, sugar and flour would just take the edge off for a bit, right? Now that I'm not using those substances, 
I'm also not, you know, sleeping around. I'm not using drugs. I'm not using alcohol, right? I'm left to sort of contend with who I am. And then the work becomes, as we get into the steps, like falling in love with that person, falling in love with God, falling in love with that person. But that sense of ease and comfort, we know the cycle, right? And nothing was more humiliating and, and, and just so challenging. If you're new and in the food right now and today, you know, that cycle, um, it can be broken, by the way, like tonight, like it can happen tonight. It can happen. I know it's Tuesday. It's like, it's not a Monday or a Sunday. It can totally happen tonight. By virtue of you being in a meeting, you're already increasing the possibility of that happening because there's a lot of God in here. There just is. But when that craving would develop, I, I couldn't, there was nothing that I could do myself, right? And there was no pillar potion that could keep me from going to the substance. I used to have people say, I had people, <laughs> people I paid tell me, buy all the Oreos you want, Emily, because then you won't want them because you'll have enough on, on demand. I also had people tell me, put notes in the refrigerator, right? Because then you'll open it and you'll be like, you know what? That's right. That poem um, from E.E. E. Cummings. Yeah, that's going to, nothing could stop me, right? Except this entire psychic change. Even the firm resolution, the doctor's opinion talks about that. And then we get into, you know, that, that the doctors say, and I'm sure all of you have had this experience too, they really just had to admit that they didn't really have a lot to help us with. And I think, you know, that sucks, right? Because you just want to be able to go to a professional and have them write you a prescription to take the pain away. But the pain that we have can't be taken away by another human being. The pain that we have can only be taken away through God. And that, if you, again, if you're new, it's like, okay, if you say so, good, that's a great place to be. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> open-minded and open-hearted um, is, sort of, is sort of what's required. Um, it goes on to say, you know, this going beyond our mental control and I come back to this again because I've met so many amazing people in these rooms that have relapsed. Relapse is part of my story, you know, gone back out into the food, and they're brilliant people. And I just want to say that, like, there, there are we we're, we might not have needed to mix or should have mixed, but like we are all good. We are all worthy, and we are all good, and we are sick, and we have to take our medicine. And our medicine is plugging, unplugging from Emily as the power source and plugging into God as the power source. That's the medicine. But we have to take it. And there were so many times where I had this moment of like, you know, going on the wagon for keeps, over remorseful resolutions, but I never made a decision. And if you stick around past the doctor's opinion and get into step two and you get into step three, you, will, you can make that decision. It's available to you. It's available to you days from now if you want it to be. Tonight, I don't know. We got to stay for minutes. the miracle. Thank you, Niji. So I, um, I accepted the plan outlined in this book. I had never been walked toward the solution like this before in my life. Um, 
I, I really want to say that, you know, my sponsor, the woman that I continue to work with to this day was absolutely part of my search and rescue party, but there have been so many people along the way. There have been sponsees I've had that have left and gone back out. There, um, there have been people who have tried easier, softer ways. There have been, um, you know, people around the world that I've come to know. And I, you know, I am a skeptic. I'm sort of wired for like, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to get here. You know, I'd love to say that I, that I naturally have this instinct to like come into new environments with new people and be like, please teach me your ways. I am not. I came to scoff. I really did. I didn't want to do this. This was the last house on the block for me. It really, really was. And I'm so grateful it was because it's taught me so much about, again, if we go back to like pace and presence, like slowing down, feeling the feeling. I don't even have to 10th step away the feeling, right? 10 steps are wonderful. I'm not here to knock them. But I am here to say that every feeling you have is like, okay, and survivable. Like God did not bring you this far. The universe, the creator, the wind and the rain and the fire did not bring you this far to be like, you know what? You came to this meeting on Tuesday night. You're good for now. No, like you're in. We got you. We're going to carry you. You have to stay and remain to and pray. I mean, that's what you have to do now. You're in. And if you do that, and you continue into Bill's story, which I'm sure will be covered next week, right? You're on your way, but you're not here because you're bad. I'm not here because I'm bad. I'm not here because I don't have will. I'm not here because you know I'm you know I'm lazy. I'm here because I have a disease, and if I had any other disease, I would take the prescription. Because fortunately for me, what's different now between God, between now and a year and a half ago, and life is not easy. And if you want to hear about it, call me. Um, I want to live. Like, I really want to thrive. And I think God's got some pretty incredible things coming out of me and into the world that I want to share. And um, I, I'm, not, I'm not living a slow, emotional, sort of mental bankrupt sort of death. Um, and I, 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 you know, I don't want to be grave and a downer at the end because I promised giggles, but it really was that serious for me. And I have a feeling it's, it's that serious for you too. So you got a sister in me. I'm so grateful um, to be of service tonight and to talk about our, our beloved friend, Dr. Silkworth. May we all meet a Silkworth along the way. That's a name I have. we don't hear very often. Anyway, with that, I will pass. Thank you so much for letting me share, everybody. Look forward to hearing you. Oh boy, thank you so much, Emily. Okay, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. At this, As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and the step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? 
All right. Thanks, Michelle. First one up is Harvey, please. Uh, hi, my name's Harvey. I'm anorexic, exercise bulimic, and restrict, restrictor. Emily, wow, man, that was wonderful. God, I, I love you. I love the fact that you were willing to open up and be so honest and vulnerable about how your journey has been. Um, and I really need to hear that honesty, um, you know, and just just really straight um how things were and how it is now and the hope that you have for your future um i love when uh individuals who lead the discussion stick to the facts of of the book and refer to it as you did um i'm, I'm learning so much uh, by that method um as opposed to you know how I learned things in another fellowship. Um, I, I, I just really connected with everything that you shared. Um, and you give me a lot of hope, the newcomer a lot of hope. Um, and thank you so much. That, that was just great. I'll close with that. Thank you. Thank you, Harvey. Go ahead, Michelle. Hi, everybody. I'm Michelle, recovered in Chicago. I couldn't resist. Um, oh, Emily, that was that was such a wonderful, powerful share. I took pages of notes. Um, but I had a question for you, and it is related to something that I'm working through, and I've been inviting a lot of outreach in. I loved how you said um, you said you wear your disease as heaviness, and for me. I, I wore my disease as heaviness and I have been branching into um, learning to not feel hidden as much recently. So for instance, like wearing baggy clothing um, makes me feel a bit uncomfortable, but I loved how you shared about movement and your journey. And I know this is actually something we've talked about a little bit, but I'd love to hear you know, with all of these new activities and things that you're doing, like what has your movement journey looked like as you've progressed over the last year and four months? And um, from an emotional perspective as well, how has that changed? Mm -hmm. Well, you got to get the cute outfit, first of all. So that's important. No. Um, gosh, it's such a good question, because I think like hiding was just part of the gig. You know, and, and I'm reminded in step four, it talks about pride in reverse is sort of this like depressive Eeyore kind of like withdrawn, kind of like I'm going to go in my shell. And so we really do learn how to like pull our shoulders back, you know, as a result of working the steps and, and, and to, to sort of not de deface God by being plain small. For me, you know, with movement, um, it was a process. It really was. So it was, um, you know, kind of like not for me for today, you know, movement like tennis and horseback riding or like going on roller coasters or whatever, going for a walk with friends. What's so interesting is I'm actually not even thinking about my body and how it looks. I'm thinking about dispelling like mental and emotional stress. Like there's a lot 
when, when I play, cause all of that is play to me. When I play, I'm like smiling and I'm not even realizing it. And it becomes less about like, I got to like make it to this goal. Right. Cause we know this is not a goal program. This is the rest of our lives. I got to like learn how to like not be great at stuff, but enjoy it, you know? So movement really is an, is a mental and an emotional thing for me and my heaviness, you know, certainly the heaviness of my weight being almost 300 pounds was there, but it was also just that heaviness of like being invited, like life giving me the opportunity to go, to go horseback riding and me being like, no, no, I couldn't. Right. And being in a recovered state allows me to say, okay. And then my heart's pounding and my palms are sweating. And I'm like, you know, having a moment and I'm scared. And then I'm like, well, I think God's giving me something I can handle. And now I'm going to be courageous. But there's just like that heaviness of like, I simply couldn't. I, I'm not, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. That kind of like shell energy that, that being in a recovered state, you let, you let go of, you let go of it. And you, you look like an idiot. I'm sure I do. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Stacia? I am Stacia. Um, this is my um, this is my first meeting. I it's um, a friend mm -hmm. suggested that I um, listen to see if I heard anything that made sense to me or resonated. And I've um, all of it has. I feel um, I feel a little scared to be honest. <laughs> I feel a little emotional. Um, but it also feels really a lot lighter and more hopeful to feel like there might be another solution instead of going through every day fight losing a fight. She's <laughs> always really not a great way to end the day. So I just um, I feel hopeful and I really appreciate um, listening to you tonight. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stacia. You're welcome home. Thank you. Who's up next? Go, Amy. Yes, thank you, Nina and Michelle, Team Tuesday, and uh, Stacia, and everyone who is new. Welcome home. Um, you're very welcome. Uh, Emily D. Oh, and thank you, everybody, for doing service at this meeting. Um, Emily D., what a, what a wonderful presentation. And I actually am going to ask you a question as well. I'm going to refer to one of my favorite um, twists uh, of phrase in the big book, uh, in this chapter, rather, at the well, yeah, in the book, uh, bottom of XXVII, where it talks later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here. And with some misgiving, we consented. And I see in this, I had so much misgiving. You can have misgivings. That's cool. Consent. I see in you, my sister, the whole idea. Well, I, if I can learn enough, if I can study hard enough. So how the intellectual misgiving to the idea of surrender and faith, how you consented, where you found that consent, that surrender in the midst of misgivings. Could you, could you speak to that? Thank you so much. Great question. Shit. Oh, this is a, this is, that's like, a, that felt good. That wasn't like a frustration. That was like, uh, surrender, surrender, surrender. 
Um, it is a process. You know, I think so tonight was a great example of, um, you know, is, is God in fact my choice or am I choosing like a checklist preparation, PowerPoint, you know, like homework, like my way. And I think the way that I know that I'm surrendered, and I don't know if I'm going to answer your question, Amy, (laughs) I know I'm surrendered is there's like a little bit of a looseness, but like my heart's racing. Which again just tells me like I'm afraid, but like I I'm I'm cared for. So like to come to to a meeting tonight. Where by the way, I I know a lot of you, and I I if I don't, I still love you. Like you're my people. You know, it's like just show up. I looked, I did look at the doctor's opinion a little bit. I kind of like got back my head back into it, and I remembered what it was like, which is part of my responsibility. You know, like what it was like, what happened, what, and then what it's like now. I have a lot of, I still have a lot of questions about how this all works. I really don't get it some days. I really don't know if it's working some days. Um, you know, I am, uh, I just got some outside help last week for, I, I really struggle with sleep. Um, if you struggle with sleep, you can call me anytime. I have, um, I fight it. I fight rest. Like it's like my worst enemy. I don't know why but I do. It's like, I don't know why I'm compulsive overeater. I just am. Um, and I got some outside help for it and I'm getting some relief for it. And I, when I tell you that took me three, three months to do that, to surrender because God in two way prayer, God was like, look, I am the chairman of the board, but there is a whole board of directors sitting around this table. And I'm going to need you to call on Dr. So-and-so and like go to him because prayer ain't going to help this. Uh, you've already tried it, right? So like, it is this continual process of surrendering to getting help, asking for help and getting help, whether that's God or one of you. And I, I just don't know how it works. And I don't always want to do it. I really don't. I fight it. And that's my instinct, right? That's what step four and five helps us with. It's like, look, these instincts are run riot. We're going to tamper those down. I'm also a year and four months in. I got a long way to go. I'll be here the rest of my life, though. So that's that's the good news. <laughs> so I hope that helped. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, Thanks. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares with the Zoom host. Please stop the recording. <laughs>